this Tuesday, January 30th, NBA betting picks edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, a sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. We're also brought to you by Cut. Cut is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and available in 40 states. Head to cut.com, that's K-U-T-T.com, and use promo code SGPN for a 10% deposit bonus. And there's only a few days left to get 15% off of everything in the SGPN merch store. Make sure you use promo code PLAYOFFS. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, January 30th, currently 11.06 on the East Coast, here to get into our NBA betting picks for the Tuesday action in the association, and we'll recap what we saw last night on Monday. But joining me, as usual, on Tuesdays to help me break everything down, you guys know him as the voice of the Tennis Gambling Podcast, the NFL Gambling Podcast, the MLB Gambling Podcast, the WNBA Gambling Podcast, and of course, here on the NBA Gambling Podcast, it's Scott Studio Rochelle. Scott, what's going on, my man? How you doing? Yeah, doing pretty well. A lot of games yesterday. Some of them were good. Some of them were bad. That's what's expected in the NBA. I had some money on Nurkic. I finally faded a center, and it worked out. So I finally did not jinx a center into turning into prime Hakeem. I had Nurkic under 10 and a half points. He had six. So I finally picked the center that I thought would play badly, and he actually played badly. So this is a big moment for me. Maybe this is like a turning point. Hey, there we go. Um, Unfortunately, we picked a center last night in our underdog fantasy lineup. Uh, that cost us a winning lineup by half a point. We had Valanchunas to go higher than 11.5 points. He finished with 11 uh, in the game against um, the Boston Celtics. We took Jokic to record a triple-double. That one was spicy. And then we had uh, Jared Allen PRA higher. I think it was 30.5. I believe that one got to the window as well. He had a pretty big night. As far as rebounding the basketball and scoring for the um, Cleveland Cavaliers, let me just double-check here. Yeah, he finished the game with 20 points and 17 rebounds. Didn't even need the assist last night. So, a little bit of a sour taste. Um, my pick split yesterday. I took the Phoenix Suns on the money line. Uh, that one got there fairly easily. And then I had the over in the Wizards and Spurs game. Unfortunately, it uh, fell short there. Uh, San Antonio just decided to stop scoring in that fourth quarter. I think Terrell... We had talked about Joel Embiid possibly playing in this game um last night i just say against the blazers um but he didn't get there and they get their doors blown out by i think by 26 points and then i want to say he took the magic on the money line who also coughed up the game pretty much in that third quarter last night um another first half cover for the orlando magic but hopefully we can bounce back here uh tonight on the tuesday card but speaking of last night uh scott um where do you want to start uh anything that stuck out uh yeah, I'll start off uh with you know I can, I can start off with my own team, but I'll save them for a little while. I'll start off with actually, in my opinion, the game of the night. Uh-huh. Uh, it was actually not the Pelicans game. Uh, they had a nice comeback. Boston did. New Orleans just has a hard time closing out games. I got to start off with the Timberwolves game against the Thunder. I've been calling out the Timberwolves for the last month or so, yeah. rightfully so, in my opinion. They have had a couple of really bad losses. 
Very good win, just simply put. OKC mm-hmm. was on a back-to-back, but they kind of benched everybody in the fourth quarter of that Pistons game. You figured after they lost to the Pistons, they were just looking ahead to Minnesota. It was at home. We know how good Oklahoma City is at home. Minnesota took it to them in the fourth quarter, and I like how they won the game. And then Ant immediately said the refs were terrible. Usually yeah. you hear they're blaming the refs after a loss, so doing it after a win is kind of a nice change of pace. Gobert absolutely destroyed Chet last night. Like That yeah. was not even close. Gobert was 6 of 6 on the floor, all dunks. You, you know what Gobert does. But he had 17 rebounds. I think Chet was 2 for 9 with like 4 points. It, mm-hmm. it was really not even close. And it kind of goes back to what I'm saying before. I'm not going to roast Chet because I, ha- I know that he's still a rookie technically and how good he is. They really do need more size. And you yeah. saw it last night. Timberwolves, I believe, out-rebounded them by 8 but Gobert just completely sunned uh, Chet, and they had no counter options. So I, I just feel like OKC still has that glaring issue in the paint. And I do think that that's what Minnesota thrives with because Ant can drive to the rim. They still have Cat, who I know is more of a finesse big man, but he still can drive to the rim. And Gobert has no offensive talent, but he can still rebound, and he's going to kill Oklahoma City every time they face off against each other. So I do think Oklahoma City needs to make a move, but props to Minnesota. They won a game where they were allegedly playing five on eight, according to Ant, and they won anyway. So yeah. props to the Timberwolves want to give them their shine. Yeah, I was watching this. I was glued to this game, actually, because I had uh, money on the under in this game and also on the Minnesota Timberwolves as well. Um, and I mean, look, I agree with Anthony Edwards. He There was multiple drives, especially in that second half where he got fouled. That uh, N1 blatant- dunk was clearly a foul on check. Yeah, blatantly on the, on the arm uh, slash the wrist, and it just wasn't getting called for him. Um, in that game, but nonetheless, he was really clutched down the stretch. Um, and like you mentioned, right, Rudy Gobert really made a difference uh, as that rim protector for the Utah, sorry, for the Utah Jazz, for the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves uh, last night in that game. I mean, you could tell that guys were trying to get to the basket, but they just couldn't because just the length that Rudy Gobert provides for this uh, Minnesota Timberwolves team, and they had to kind of settle for these fadeaway jump shots or either had to pass it away, which created turnovers last night. But I know if you roasted Cat a lot, and I think he was absolutely – I mean, there was just a couple of possessions in that second half where got the rebound, late in that fourth quarter, just throws it out of bounds, and Chris Finch just was just not – he was ready. He looked like he was ready to get rid of Cat and trade him at that exact moment. And there was another play where he was just trying to be Michael Jordan slash Steph Curry at the same time, and it just wasn't happening for him, and it he comes had territory. another turnover. Yeah, and part of it's bias where I don't want to sound like Shaq or Chuck when they're doing inside the NBA, but it seems that they always tell centers, no matter how good they are shooting threes, get your ass in the paint. And yeah. I feel the same way about Cat. I know Gobert doesn't really help the spacing at all, but Cat, I know he's a great jump shooter for a center. Like you're a big man. I get that. Yeah. I really wish he spent more time just trying to go through contact, making contact layups. And yeah. it feels like his game is still too finesse based, in my opinion. But that's who he is. So you yeah. kind of accept the territory, but we know Cat won a three-point contest before. He views himself as being an elite, sharp-shooting three-point shooter. But I do wish he was a little bit more aggressive on drives on a more consistent basis. Yeah, 100%. Um, and like you mentioned, that the OKC Thunder do, do need a little more uh, size up front, at least a consistent rebounder uh, for them to uh, you know help with the rebounding since they are, I think, one of the worst rebounding teams in the league. But Shea did Shea things last night. Uh, 39 minutes he played. He scored 37 points last night. 10 of 18 from the four. 15 of 16 
from the free throw line. Uh, did also chip in with seven rebounds and eight assists. Uh, Jalen Williams had 20 points last night for the OKC Thunder as well. Josh Giddy finished up with 13. Um, one more player I want to that's mention. That's his favorite for, number, from what I heard. Yeah, <laughs> anything, anything under, uh, anything under 16 is is a good number for Josh Giddy. Um, Jordan McLaughlin last night coming off of the bench for the Minnesota Timberwolves in 14 minutes, especially in that, I think it was at that third, I want to say early fourth quarter, um, had some clutch baskets to keep Minnesota, I think within striking distance, if not give him the lead, um, 10 points off the bench for him, four of four, two of two from three point. I want to give him his flowers as well from last night. Um, what else last night here? I think, um, well, the Nuggets th- won last uh, at home. Yeah, that was a really good game as well down the stretch. The Denver Nuggets and the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. First game for Doc Rivers on the bench uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks. But um, in a tough situation going to the Mile High City to play the Denver Nuggets, who have been really good at home, at least winning games. Um, Denver does get the victory 113-107 in that game. Uh, Jokic, like we mentioned, Records a triple-double, 25 points, 16 rebounds, 12 assists. Um, a 35-point game for Jamal Murray. Uh, he finished up with 13 of 22 from the floor, also chipped in with five assists, and they get the victory, possibly in the game of the night, at least from a matchup perspective. Rockets, um, should mention that. I was getting some slack for picking the Rockets last night when me and Terrell were breaking down the games. Uh, they took care of business against the Lakers, who, again, they're in a tough stretch right now. They're coming off of that double overtime game. On the front end of a back-to-back, they're in Atlanta here tonight. We'll talk about that game later on. But um, they just absolutely took it to this uh, Lakers team in that first quarter, scoring 42 points. Didn't look back after that. Uh, they get the 135-119 victory over the Lakers. I'll tell you the uh, shocking Green, part of that game. The shocking part was that Dylan Brooks hit LeBron and they overturned a flagrant foul. That was the real shock of the game. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. I figured it was going to be automatically attending uh, a flagrant if Dylan Brooks ended up breathing on LeBron. But they overturned it. So there you yeah. go. Um, 34 points last night for Jalen Green. He finally had a great game for the Rockets. 12 rebounds as well. Finished the game with seven assists. Those were the ones I wanted to mention. I know you wanted to talk about your team as well here, uh, Scott. I wasn't going to spend that much time on it because I still think that you blow up the roster and this Nets team yeah. isn't very good. 147 is 147. Like, I don't care yeah. how bad your team is. That's still impressive. Ben Simmons, 18 minutes. Almost had a triple-double. Two rebounds away from a triple-double in his first game back in like two or three months. Like, that was unexpected. I know Utah's playing again tonight. We'll see what happens with them against the Knicks. But I had to to at least mention it because Ben Simmons, I know that once again, I'm not a fan of his. He's injured all the time. He hasn't exactly improved his game ever since he got into the league. But he was great last night. And then that's all good. So just a brief mention there. I'm not saying it's officially sell-high time on Utah. It might be. But this team can't guard anybody. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you give up a team that's been struggling on the offensive side, like the Brooklyn Nets, over the past several weeks here, and who haven't weren't able to cover a spread, let alone get a victory. Um, putting about one hundred forty-seven points in regulation, I think that has been concerning. But yeah, shout out to Ben Simmons, man. Uh, Ten, he fell two rebounds short of a triple double in just eighteen minutes. Eight, uh, sorry, ten points, eight rebounds, and eleven assists last night uh, for Ben Simmons. So hopefully, man. He's able to stay on the court because obviously, you know, the offense looks better uh, when he is on the floor and he's able to, you know, create shots for teammates and and rebound the basketball as well for this team. So uh, we'll see uh, if he's able to stay healthy for the rest of the regular season. 
Uh, anything else you want to mention from last night, Scott, before we get into the game for tonight? Yeah, I want to shout out Cleveland. A uh, good win there against the Clippers. I saw yeah. that Evan Mobley came back. He almost had a double-double. I think mm-hmm. Garland's coming back for the next game. So Cleveland's yeah. at relatively full strength. They're two and a half by, behind Milwaukee. Uh, they've been really good. Now we're going to see how it works with Mitchell and Garland because I still don't exactly trust that combo. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens there. But props to Cleveland. They had a lot of injuries, and they not only survived, but they kind of thrived. So we'll see what happens moving forward. Good for them, though. Have to mention one other team, though. I know that we do this every year because they struggle in the regular season every year, but I have to bring it up. What's the concern level for Miami? Because I know that they're still tied for first place. I know that they always wait for Butler to go supernova in the playoffs, and that's why they made the NBA Finals last year. They've lost seven straight. I know they traded for Rozier. There's some chemistry issues there. Mm -hmm. They don't even look close. It's the longest losing streak of Spolstra's career. They've lost seven straight. I have to bring it up. What's your concern level? One being no big deal, 10 to being code red. What's your concern on Miami? Um, I'm probably in the middle at five. I think that if the, 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 the advantage I think that the Miami Heat have is, like you mentioned, is being in that division. That's yeah. absolutely atrocious. That if they win that division, that obviously they're going to be in the playoffs. Um, and this is a team that we know can turn on in the playoffs, right? Like you mentioned, they did it last year. We saw them do it in the bubble. Uh, as well um but i mean when you're in a division that has the orlando magic the atlanta hawks the charlotte hornets and the washington wizards as long as you can take care of business within the division and if you're able to you know reel off a couple other victories in the conference i, I think they're going to be fine because look right now they're nine and two in the division they're 18 and 15 in the conference and we know we've talked about a lot and Terrell's pointed out that they're not very good as home favorites but when they're in an underdog role they're pretty good so um, it's also a fact that, you know, the Jaime Hawkins had missed some time. And then you mentioned that he's had an incredible rookie campaign. Maybe there's some chemistry issues there with Terry Rozier coming into this team, but I, I think they're going to be fine. So if you, I, I'm out of five right now with this team, just because of the advantage that they do have playing in the division that they are in. I'm going to put them at a six. I, okay. I feel like it's a spot where even though this team is in a potentially good spot to win the division because their division record's so good, it's the fact that Butler's actually playing games now and they're still losing. Yeah. Because you're assuming Bowler's not going to play every game for the rest of the season, just based on Bowler's history. Mm-hmm. So based on that, the fact that they're losing games with a relatively full-strength roster right now, because Hawkins came back and Bowler came back and they're still losing, and they really haven't been close in most of these games. Like You're going down the line here, and they got killed by Phoenix at home uh, last night, and they outscored Phoenix by 13 in the fourth quarter, and they still lost by 13. So they're getting absolutely buried in that game. Played the Knicks, lost by 16. Played the Celtics, lost by 33 at home. Played the Grizzlies. Kennard didn't even play in that game. They were using a D roster. And then Heat lost at home by nine. Played Orlando, lost by 18. They haven't been close yeah. in like most of these games. I feel like yeah. that's the concerning part. Now, I do trust Spolstra. I do think they'll figure it out to some degree at some point. But I do have to at least point out, if Butler's going to return and they're still going to be this bad, I think there is some concern level, in my opinion. Now, I'm not officially writing them off saying that you know, they're screwed entirely, mm-hmm. but it is a bit shocking to see them this bad with everybody actually playing for once. Yeah, I agree. I think that number one for this team is that you never know. And we talk about this every single day going through their injury report. It, it, it's a task on its own. But now that even then that they have everybody healthy right now, that they're still playing this bad, it's it. it yeah, it, it is a little bit concerning. But again, the history of this Miami Heat team 
especially in the playoffs when they're when it's like for them it's like win and get in and then you know we know that what we can do uh in the playoffs because we've done it several times before so um yeah we'll see man again the talent is definitely there on this roster it's just maybe they're just in a funk right now and hopefully they're able to snap out of it but again last night Jaime Hawkins 0 for 6 over 4 from the floor uh he only played uh, he played 25 minutes only had two points last night that's not very Jaime Hawkins ish uh, I think they still need some uh, bench help as well um, so maybe they do make a you know a couple of minor moves to so maybe you know tweak the bench a little bit. But I think uh, I think Rozier should come off the bench just for the record. I think Rozier should yeah. be their sixth man. Yeah, I don't I don't hate that. I, I think that again he's a guy that's a bona fide score, right? He had another 20, 21 points last night for this team. Uh, maybe you insert what a, a Duncan Robinson to give him some shooting there, or like a Josh Richardson to give him some shooting um, in, in that starting lineup. So I just yeah, don't we'll think see. Rozier works because Rozier's a ball dominant guy and he's basically playing. Yeah a spot where I don't want to say he's deferring to Jimmy Butler and to Bam, but we know Miami prefers to run kind of a team oriented approach. Sure. Rozier is more of an ISO guy as far as I'm yep. concerned. Yep. And I think hero is a better fit in the starting lineup. So I personally think that Rozier should be coming off the bench. Yep. But, uh, uh, all right, Scott, before we get into the games here for, uh, tonight, uh, let me tell everyone about underdog fantasy. Oh, we were so close last night. Uh, having a winning entry to start off the Monday, but hey, Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long, whether it's in the NFL, NBA, NHL, college basketball, and college football. Simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players' fantasy stats and cash, and you can win 100x with some spicy play. Stay tuned at the end of the episode. Scott and I will put together our Underdog Fantasy entry here for the Tuesday night schedule in the NBA, so you can watch along. You can make your own picks and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. And when you deposit, when we sign up and use promo code NBASGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy, but make sure you use that promo code NBASGPN. All right, Scott, let's get into the games here for tonight. The first game on the schedule, we have the Indiana Pacers. They are in. Uh, Boston to take on the Celtics here tonight. Celtics are on a back-to-back situation here as they played the Pelicans last night. But currently, as it stands, the Celtics are a seven-point home favorite with a total of 245 in this game. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams, for the Indiana Pacers, we will see the return of Tyrese Halliburton. But officially right now, he is questionable uh, on the injury report. Uh, Benedict Matherin is also questionable tonight. Jalen Smith is questionable as well. Miles Turner is questionable as well. For the Boston Celtics, uh, not yet one submitted, like I mentioned, because they did play last night. They did get the victory over the Pelicans, 118-112. Uh, won the game, but did not cover the spread. But, Scott, let's start with the side here. Celtics hosting the Pacers, minus seven as it stands right now. So I think I'm going to lean to Indiana in this game. Uh, the fact is I had some questions about the overall either stamina of Boston because they had to come from behind yesterday, and a lot of guys played a lot of minutes. I've not been a big fan of how they played without Porzingis. Uh, it's just such a massive downgrade from Porzingis to Al Horford at this stage in yep. their careers. So mm-hmm. Porzingis might play. He was rumored to maybe play yesterday, then he decided not to. He might play in this one. We'll see. But I'm going to lean to Indiana. The fact that Halliburton's back, the fact that I do think Indiana's been a bit feisty recently. I still have questions about the defense, but it has been improved over the last couple of weeks. They've won three straight, beat Philly with Embiid playing. 
They beat Phoenix despite Booker dropping 62, and they beat Memphis, who's been kind of quietly decent recently. Uh, the Celtics, of course, are the better team, but 7.5 to me just feels a bit high for a head-to-head series that's split 2-2. And Halliburton's back. It's a lot of points to be laying on a back-to-back with the team. I'm going to lean to Indiana. Boston might win the game, but 7-7.5 seven, seven does feel a little bit large to me. I see a close game. I'll lean to Indiana plus the points. Yeah, um, Hallie is going to be back for this game. I think Rick Carlisle came out and said that they are going to be easing his or uh, easing him back uh, into the That's usual. Probably like that, twenty-seven minutes tonight, maybe. Give or yeah, take. I'm trying to find the exact quote of what he said because I saw it this morning. Yeah, so he said we'll be brought along somewhat gradually. So I think obviously that means you know maybe 25 minutes and then go from there and see how he feels because hamstrings uh, definitely can be tricky, um, you know, for honestly any sport, but yeah, I think I'm with you here. I know the Celtics on back-to-back situations at home this season, they are three, and zero straight up two and one against the spread two and one towards the over. Uh, but those games consisted of games against two against the Raptors. Uh, one, they blew them out. One, they won the game by two. The other game was against the Orlando Magic, where they did win that game by 17 points. And I want to say the Magic were on a back-to-back situation themselves in that game. But, uh, I mean, you mentioned, I think there's some concerns about the defense right now for the Boston Celtics. Um, I do expect uh, Porzingis to play here tonight. But again, for this Pacers team, they look completely different when Tyrese Halliburton's on the floor uh, for this Pacers team. So I think they can definitely keep it within the number. I wouldn't be surprised if we see another five- to six-point victory uh, for the uh, Boston Celtics in this game, similar to what we saw last night against the Pelicans. So I'm um, with you on the Pacers. Total sitting at 245 in this game here. Uh, Scott, what do you think? Well, everyone's going to be on the over because Halliburton's back and you're expecting a lot of pace for these teams. I am going to point out that uh, you're looking at the over actually being 2-2 two and two in the head-to-head meetings at this number. I think I am going to lean under. I, I really have a hard time with this game because Indiana's going to want to play with some pace, but... You mentioned Halliburton might be on a little bit of a of a, a minutes limit there. Indiana defensively has not been like totally bad, and Boston we know defensively can be really good. Uh, one twelve to New Orleans, one fifteen to the Clippers, one ten to Miami, one ten to Dallas, one oh seven to Houston. Boston's still a very good defensive team, so it's kind of tricky. I guess I'm going to ask you a question though. If Indiana is going to cover, then I'm assuming you like the over in the game, right? Because you're not trusting Indiana to stop, or do you think Indiana's defense has actually improved? I I, I want to say Indiana's defense has improved um, since Rick Carlo kind of made that analogy of the ex girlfriend or I don't know. I still don't understand it. it, but it worked. So yeah, you know. um, they're up to number. I guess up to number 19 is an improvement for this Pacers team as far as defensive rating over the last five games. Uh, but I'll mention this, that over their last one, or sorry, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven road games, the under is 10 and one for the Pacers, 10 and one towards the under of their last 11 road games for the Pacers. I think I'm just going to lean under. Maybe it's a contrarian play, but I, I don't know. I, this number feels a bit high. Now, of course, it could blow up in my face and Indiana and Boston could combine for 260 points and sure. nobody would really be shocked. But yep. I think I'll take my chances all into the under. Boston's still a very good defensive team, especially at home. You mentioned Indiana's recent games on the road flying under. I think I'll back that trend. I'll link to the under. It's going to be close, but I think it's probably going to land somewhere in the high 230s, give or take. 
Yeah, I think like because you, you mentioned like this is a fifth matchup already, though, so it's either gonna fly way over or it's gonna go yeah. way under because first one Halliburton didn't play in, so I don't know if you want to toss that out or not, but yeah, and that was I a mean, game where well, Boston yeah. did most of the heavy lifting. They scored 155 in that game, um, and the last game into 133, 131 uh, in Indiana. So um, yeah, I'll, I'm gonna lean towards the under. I feel like there's with Hallie back, I saw this in the first game that he did come back before they rested him for like three games that the, the pace just wasn't there. And I think that may be a little bit on, I don't want to say on purpose, but the, the, again, like I mentioned, the offense looks completely different when Hallie is on the floor. So, and there might be still be some rust for Hallie, uh, you know, missing the last several games and over the course of the last month where he probably just still needs to get his legs back under him, especially dealing with a hamstring injury. So, uh, I'll leave with the under here at 245. Player props, what are you looking at, Scott? Yeah, so for player props, I do think that I'm going to have to at least consider going back to... I don't think if I want to take Tatum or not, because he played a lot of minutes last night, but he was very good. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if Indiana has anybody that, that could actually guard him. Who would Neesmith guard? He's going to end up guarding Tatum, or he's going to end up guarding Brown? Probably Tatum. Um, probably Tatum in my eyes, yeah. I mean, I, I still have to like that matchup, but if you are a little bit scared off by the physicality of Neesmith, I think that Jalen Brown or Tatum have a really big game. You can pick kind of pick whoever you want. Uh, you know, I'm probably going to go back to Derek White. I think Derek is just a very good basketball player. I think he's a borderline all-star. So I think he's in line for a good game in this one, too. A lot of people are probably going to end up taking Halbert and assists, but I am a bit concerned about the minute restrictions. So we'll see what happens uh, with that game. It's tough to pick centers because Miles Turner is technically questionable and you're looking at Porzingis being questionable. So, yeah, I I think I'm leaning more to Jalen Brown overs, actually. Uh, just yeah. at the spot, his points prop is at 23 and a half. That feels mm-hmm. a bit low to me. I'll link to the over on him. I see Halliburton points is at 20 and a half. Doesn't that feel a little bit high for a guy that's on a minute restriction? Yeah, I was curious to see, uh, just to go back to your Jalen Brown point, um, He's actually been really good against this Pacers team, yeah. uh, getting points up. Last six games here, 30, 27, 16, and then the last three matchups, 30, 31, and 40 uh, for Jalen Brown. Yeah, uh, so yeah. That, that one feels too low, 23 and a half. Yeah, um, and then on your point on Hallie, I think that everybody's going to just automatically look at the assist because he is back. Um, but against Boston, he hasn't had a lot of success I want to say getting the assist. So this season alone, he's played in three games, 26 points, 10 rebounds, three, uh, 13 assists. I think that was the, the uh, playing tournament. Game. tournament. Yeah. yeah, the uh, in-season tournament, I should say. But then after that, 17 points, six rebounds, seven assists. And then the last game, I think he left with an injury, seven points, two rebounds, and six assists. So he had six assists in 13 minutes. So Yeah, I mean, uh, and again, but we know now that he's at least going to be on a minutes, some type of minutes restriction in this game, whether it's 25, 27 minutes, something in that range. But I think I would yeah, probably look at the points under. I think that's a great call there for It just uh, goes back Halley. to what I've, I've criticized Halliburton for that in the past. And I'm going to kind of restate it, but I have a hard time backing overs with players who never get to the foul line because yeah. that's suggestive that they're not going to the rim enough and they're relying too heavily on outside shots. And I know Halliburton is still a pass-first point guard. Uh, that's why a lot of people want to compare him to like be, to be the next point god stylistically, maybe like a Chris Paul, even though, of course, they're not even close in stature, and uh, Halliburton shoots more threes. But you get my point. The yeah. point is, I do think Halliburton is a guy that needs to go to the line more 
if he mm-hmm. wants to take that next step offensively. 20 and a half points, that's a lot of points in the NBA if you're only shooting jump shots. That's yeah. a lot of points. Uh, anything else for this game? No, I think we kind of covered it. I mentioned White. I don't mind the threes on Derek White, mm-hmm. but I think that's basically it. you have any other props you want to mention? No, I think those were probably the main ones. You mentioned the Jalen Brown one. Um, maybe Miles Turner uh, points, but if he uh, is questionable right now, so I don't want to give out something that where a guy is questionable to play. It is fading Boston centers, though. So yeah, hundred percent makes sense. Yeah, yeah. All right, before we get over to the next game of the schedule here, uh, let me tell everyone about uh, Cut. Cut is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S. based and available in forty states. Peer-to-peer social betting is a new and better way. To bet, bet directly against your friends or other users in, on sports, politics, pop culture, and other events with verifiable outcomes, plus ton of fun, a uh, ton of fun social features that give it a feel of a betting social network. Cut offers lower, big, and fully customizable odds. Create your own bets. Cut even handles the payment side of things, so you never ch- have to chase anyone down for money. Social features include group chats, betting leaderboards, head-to-head history, user profiles, fan groups, and much more. They also have a rewards program. Get uh, cash back for every single time you bet against your friends or other users. Cut also allows you to list almost any kind of bet. Perfect for getting action on those fun Super Bowl prop bets. Cut is the peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and available in 40 states. Head to cut.com, that's K-U-T-T.com, and use promo code SGPN for a 10% deposit bonus. And we're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, a sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bets' revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort our players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets for craft more intelligent data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. And last but not least, we're brought to you by the SGPN merch store. 15% off of everything in the store. Now to the end of the month using promo code PLAYOFFS. Hey, look, we're competing against the other shows against the network, and we are trailing. So I'm calling out the fans here of the NBA Gambling Podcast uh, to go into the merch store, buy yourself some gear. It doesn't have to be the NBA Gambling Podcast. There's a lot of other great stuff on there. If you want to support the network overall, uh, support the Sports Gambling Podcast. I myself bought some couple or bought a couple of T-shirts yesterday uh, from the merch store, got my 15% off as well. Uh, and again, make sure to use that promo code playoffs for 15% off everything in the store. All right, Scott, let's keep it rolling here, my man. Next game on the board, we're going to go with the Utah Jazz. They are in. Um, they're headed to Madison Square Garden tonight to take on the uh, New York Knicks. Knicks currently sitting as a four-point favorite in this game with a total of 229. Uh, probably don't have injury reports for either of these teams because they're both on back-to-backs here. Yep, so... We know that Julius Randle is going to be out for sure for this Knicks team because he will be missing at least a couple weeks here before they re- re-evaluate uh, him. But last night, the Knicks do get the victory, 113-92 over the Hornets. And we talked about the Utah Jazz giving up 147 in a losing effort by losing that game by 33 points, 147-114. So both teams on a back-to-back situation here. Scott, what are you thinking about the spread here? Yeah, I'm going to uh, take the Knicks here because they're an absolute – freight train at this point uh, with or without Randall. They've won seven straight. 
they've been dominant in most of these games. Wait until the second half against Charlotte, but they ended up winning that one by 21. Beat the Heat by 16. Beat the Nuggets by 38. Beat the Nets by 5. Beat the Raptors by 26. And this team has been really, really good. And Utah gave up 147 to Ben Simmons and the Nets last night. So I'm not exactly sold on Utah's current form. They're a really bad road team. Like, it's not it's night and day. They're different at home to road. Uh, the Knicks are great at MSG. And you're looking at the Knicks in the last five games, being number one in offense and number one in defense and number two in rebounding. So mm-hmm. it's pretty tough to beat uh, in that aspect. But I really can't go against the Knicks. They keep being undervalued and they keep cashing no matter what the spread is. So give me the Knicks. Bing bong. This I don't know why this line is only four that I would expect this to be a bigger line. They've been um, underpricing the the Knicks for the last couple of games. Like even Miami was getting money came in on Miami on Saturday. Yeah. They closed at like four or four and a half, and the Knicks killed them. I, I don't even know. I stopped trying to guess what the oddsmakers are doing. It just feels like they're expecting some regression with either the injuries or just their current form. I just don't see it. Like I, I just think that the uh, I just think the Knicks are in great form. Like they're just a very good team right now. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, like last night we, uh, or yesterday, I should say, me and Terrell were all over the Knicks uh, when we handicapped that game. But I thought this line would be a little bit bigger outside of two possession, at least four points here. Um, it's hard to argue against the Knicks right now. There's no question about that. I mean, like you mentioned, they've been a freight train. I mentioned the numbers since they turned the calendar year. This team has been an absolute monster. Thirteen and two straight up, twelve and three against the spread. Thirteen and two towards the under in the in the year of twenty twenty four. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be Knicks. Obviously, it's going to be Knicks or nothing for me here as well. But I, I uh, this smells a little fishy to me at, at just four and a half uh, for this Knicks team. Um, total sitting at two twenty nine in this game. Your Scott, what are your thoughts on that? Uh I mean the Knicks defensively have been so good. But I think they've allowed less than 104, 105 in seven of the last nine. So defensively, they've been incredible. The Jazz give up 147 to the Nets. So, yeah, I'm kind of on the fence on this one for the total. I think I'm going to lean under. I'm just hoping that the Knicks' lack of pace is going to dictate the overall uh, lack of scoring in this game. I don't feel great about it either way. For pride purposes, I'm hoping that the Jazz actually show up defensively for at least a half in this game. But I think I'm just going to lean under on the premise that the Knicks defense is incredible. I don't really have much of an opinion on the total, though. Yeah, I think the play would either be a Knicks team total over or jazz under jazz under, um, which kind of would just lead you to being on the Knicks spread here. But what are you looking at, though? You're looking at Utah around like one thirteen and a half, one twelve and a half, give or take. Yeah, let me see if I can find the exact numbers here so for the jazz it is going to be 112 and a half and 116 and a half for the knicks um i mean i'm not i'm not going to be betting about i'll lean towards the under as well i feel like the jazz or sorry the knicks defense will step up here in a little uh in this game here as well um and like we mentioned they've been able to hold opponents to less than 100 points since they turn or average of a less than 100 points uh since the turn of the of the new year here so lean towards the under here as well at 229 player props what are you looking at i think it starts and stops with jalen brunson for the uh knicks well it's props at 32 and a half so yeah. that's why i'm gonna have to consider maybe going elsewhere or maybe yeah. brunson assists 
Brunson's great. I get it. I'm not taking 32 and a half. That, that's right. a little bit too much for me. So yeah. maybe if you want to go for assists, you can consider that. I see people mentioning that Steven Chen's was birthday tomorrow. So if you want to take the birthday game, maybe you can go for threes or something because his yeah. points props are like 19 and a half. I'm not really going to overthink this. I'm going to look for Josh Hart for rebounds. Josh Hart rebounds. Because yep. I, I can't go against it. He had 12 rebounds last game. OG might not play again. So you're going to give him more minutes. And Hart is one of my favorite role players for a good reason. It's because his rebounds are at seven and a half. And when he plays a lot of minutes, he rebounds the ball very well. So mm-hmm. I like the over for Hart. Maybe he gets 10. We'll see what happens. But I think my favorite prop might be Hart rebounds in this game. Achua's, though, quietly been a good rebounder, too. Plus 255 for his double-double for Josh Hart. The concern is points for me because he doesn't even guarantee, he's not even guaranteed to score 10. I think last night he scored like eight or six. So yeah. I think I'd rather just take 10-plus rebounds because scoring is sometimes an issue with him. Yeah, um, he did play 39 minutes last night. I think rebounds and assists may be worth a look for him as well. Um, he had five assists, seven assists last night, five against the Miami Heat, uh, got three against the Denver Nuggets. So I think and if he's going to be play, playing those minutes, especially if OG Ananobi uh, is going to miss another game here, I th- expect heavy minutes for um, for Josh Hart again, at least at a minimum 32-plus minutes. And uh, Thibodeau doesn't believe in sitting people on back-to-backs because he run, he's, uh, what do you want to call him, a tyrant? Is that the term you want to use for Thibodeau? That sounds about right. So, yeah, yeah I think that most of the guys are going to play in this game. Um, let me see when their next game is for the Knicks. I don't think they'll probably play, they play the, uh, the they play the Pacers on Thursday. Oh yeah, that, and then they have the Lakers on Saturday. So yeah, pretty rough schedule here for the New York Knicks. But yeah, I like the, the call of Josh Hart. That was my first uh, instinct as well. Um, Lori Markin twenty three and a half points. Can never talk you off of Lori. He's been absolutely. Fantastic this season for the Utah Jazz. I feel like Colin Sexton um, has cooled off a little bit after him just playing absolutely out of his mind for two weeks. Um, he did have 26 against the Knicks earlier this season. I believe that was at their home building. Um, not a great game for him last night, six points, but he did have seven assists. So if you want to look at it, Colin Sexton assist in this game, I don't hate that. Uh, anything else for this game, Scott? No, not really. Then we covered most of it. All right, next game on the board here. Let's go over to the Los Angeles Lakers. They are in Atlanta here tonight to take on the Hawks. Hawks currently sitting as a five-point home favorite with a total of 248. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams for the Lakers. Can you you repeat the spread for a second? Five-point home favorite for the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks are favored by five points here tonight against the Lakers. Lakers, like I mentioned, did play in Houston last night, uh, got their doors blown off by 16 points. Um, LeBron did say, or I guess Darvin Ham or whatever the PR team said that LeBron plans to play uh, in this game here tonight against Atlanta. Uh, Anthony Davis is going to be a true game time decision. He is dealing with some type of a growing injury. So those are the two big concerns or two big names for the Lakers for the Atlanta Hawks. Deandre Hunter is questionable and, uh, DeJounte Murray is questionable, but I did see a note, I believe, uh, from our friends over at Underdog that both of those guys participated in shoot-around uh, today. Let me just double Yeah, So DeJounte Murray and DeAndre Hunter participating in shoot-around on Tuesday. So usually... Doesn't guys, DeJounte have to play? It's an, a borderline audition for a team he might yeah. be traded for. I mean, two. Yeah. Like, he kind of has to play. Yeah, 100%. Um, 
that is pretty much it for the injury report for the Hawks. All right, uh, Scott, let's start with the side here. Minus five in favor of the Hawks. This line is one of the sketchiest lines I've seen all year. So I'm going to have to lean to Atlanta in this spot. Like, <laughs> I don't like it, but it's a really bad scheduling spot for the Lakers. Really they ended bad, up yeah. playing a double overtime game on Saturday. They were off Sunday, played Monday, got killed, and now they have a back-to-back. So I know LeBron said he plans to play. If he does, I don't expect him playing many minutes. AD, I do not expect to play in this game. You mentioned the groin injury, and I think that that's going to cause him to sit. But the fact that it's five tells me that there might be some either minute manipulation or just outright sits in this game for the Lakers. I'm going to lean to Atlanta. I think the spread solely based on the Lakers being in one of the worst spots imaginable for an aging core. So I'm going to lean to the Hawks, but I'm going to at least pointing out it is pretty funny the Hawks are laying five points. Yeah, I mean, it's a really bad schedule, like you mentioned, right? So the double overtime game on Saturday, get one day off, you play Houston. Everyone played a ton of minutes in that game, but uh, yeah. just, it was crazy. Yeah, um, lost to the Rockets on Monday. They're in Atlanta tonight, like we mentioned. They get a day off, and they go to Boston on uh, on a Thursday, which maybe a little kid spot. National TV game. So I, I I expect I think Anthony Davis to sit here tonight um and then have him ready for the Thursday game against Boston. Um I think LeBron does end up playing, but like you mentioned, uh third again, their doors blowing off again that he probably sits the fourth quarter uh of this game and gets ready because they have a game on Thursday and then they go to Madison Square Garden on Saturday. So Maybe a couple of look-ahead spots for the L.A. Lakers here. I'll mention this. I know I talked about this yesterday. I should have made this my lock, but the Lakers um, on the road this season are 17-6 and six towards the over. Uh, they have gone over in 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. So 15 of the last 16 road games have gone over the total for the LA Lakers. And they, again, the, right now the total is sitting at 247 in this game, 248 the consensus number here. Scott, what are you thinking about the total? I'm not going to take an under. Uh, if I'm picking an Atlanta to win, they're not going to guard anybody. So I'll lean to the over. The tricky part about the Hawks is that they barely beat Toronto with no quickly. They won on a Sadiq Bay put back layup at the buzzer. They gave up 73 points to Luka and they lost by five. Got killed by Golden State, got killed by Sacramento. Got killed by Cleveland. This team sucks. Like, I'm, I'm aware that this team is really, really bad, but they can't guard anybody. That's not going to change. Like, I just think that if the Hawks are going to win, it's because the Lakers are going to play defense like they did against, against the Rockets last night, which is basically giving up 130. They could have scored 140 in that game. Like, yeah. that was uh, – I think Houston had 100-plus in three quarters in that game. Van Vliet had one shot attempt for about two and a half quarters, and they still had about 100 points. So I just think the Lakers and the Hawks are going to have a track meet. I'm going to link to the over. I just see a bunch of overall ba- baskets, no defense at all. Give me the over. Yeah, I'm with you on the over here as well. Even if I think Anthony Davis doesn't play, um, I think see the pace is going to be high in this game. We talked about this yesterday with the Lakers team that – they still play with a very, very high pace. Uh, over the last five games, uh, they are number one in pace. The Atlanta Hawks, number four in pace as well. If you want to look at it season long, just not over the last four games, or sorry, five games, 
Uh, Atlanta's at number five and Lakers at number six. So it's, a, it's it's stayed pretty consistent for how fast these teams are going to play. Um, so that only helps you on the over in this game. So I'm looking at the over as well at 248. Player props in this game here, Scott, what are we looking at? Well, I don't know who's going to play for the Lakers, so that's going to make things a bit tricky. I think Trey's going to have a good game because he's going to have to if they want to actually you know, win this game by margin. So Trey double-double is probably going to be a massive price. Uh, Trey assists is tempting just based on how often he has the ball in his hands. Is this an audition game for DeJounte? D'Lo might have played himself off the trade block, but now Austin Reeves might have played himself onto the trade block. So who knows? Maybe DeJounte tries to have a big game against a team that might be trying to trade for him. We'll see. But yeah, uh, it's really tricky to find props in this game. Like, I I don't really know what I'm supposed to like. I guess I'm going to lean to D'Lo because he's just been really good lately. And we know that he's never afraid to shoot a basketball. So I don't mind D'Lo points in this game. But it's very tricky not knowing what the Lakers are going to do. And you probably won't know what they're going to do until an hour before game time. They're not going to say anything. Yeah, because uh, I only see props right now for AD, LeBron, DeJounte, and Clint Capella. I don't see props listed for Trey Young right now. So um, I agree about the call about D'Lo. Um, DeJounte's at 21.5 points. Maybe I would look at his assists in this game because he's done pretty well distributing the basketball against the Lakers. His number's at 5.5 uh, against the Lakers, uh, sorry, um, for, oh, yeah, I guess Lakers here tonight for DeJounte Murray. Um, and if you want to take a look at what has he done over the past several games here, so I'm not going to put the San Antonio numbers in, but two games against the Lakers, he's had 20.7 rebounds, nine assists, and then 16 points, one rebound, six assists. So, um, one, he cleared it comfortably with nine assists, and the one he was on the right side of the hook if you did play the over there. So, don't hate the assist prop here tonight for DeJounte Murray. Um, what else for this game? Anything else? It's tough to tell about anything because I don't see any props for half these players. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, don't mind, right. I don't mind Bogdan threes potentially, or maybe you think Sadiq Bay is a decent game here. But if you are picking Trey assists and you think he just has a monster game, somebody's going to have to hit some shots. So I think you're yeah. looking at a spot where maybe you look at the three-pointer shooters because if AD plays or even if he doesn't, Atlanta still jacks up a bunch of threes. So you're probably looking at Bogdan, maybe. Yeah. I don't mind that. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's get over to the next game of the night here. We've got the Toronto Raptors. They are in Chicago to take on the Bulls. Bulls are currently a six-point home favorite here with a total of 227. And looking at the injury report, for the Toronto Raptors, RJ Barrett is out. Uh, Jakob Hurdle is questionable and Emmanuel quickly is doubtful here tonight. So possibly the starting backcourt um, for the Raptors is going to be compromised with RJ Barrett uh, uh, out for sure. Emmanuel quickly dealing with a right quad injury. Um, He is doubtful for the Chicago Bulls. Patrick Williams is going to be out. We know Zach Levine is out as well. And Torrey Craig is going to be out for this game as well. So Torrey Craig, Zach Levine and Patrick Williams all out for the Chicago Bulls here tonight. Um, Scott, let's start with the side here. Minus six in favor of the Chicago Bulls as they are hosting the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, my thoughts on Toronto are well-documented. They're a fun but bad team. Nothing's really changed. They have not won many games. As soon as they made the trade, I thought the Knicks clearly won the trade, and they did. Uh, Quickly's injured now. It happens. Season's already over, so we'll see what happens. They're going to end up probably trading off more people 
either Pirtle or maybe Gary Trent. So, like, I don't think that they're done. Schroeder might get traded. Who knows? But I do think you're looking at Toronto just being a fade at this point. They can't guard anybody. Uh, I don't exactly think that Chicago is a great team, but they're fine. I think they're fine. Like, I think that Chicago has been better recently. You know my thoughts on Kobe White with Levine out of the lineup, but DeRozan mm-hmm. can face off against his old team. He might play well. Vucevic should have a good matchup against Porter, probably. So I think that he's in a good spot, too. And Scotty Barnes, after they traded Siakam, you're kind of hoping he would take a step forward. And he really hasn't. He's kind of just stayed relatively vanilla recently, and that's not good enough. So I'm going to lean to Chicago. I know it's not fun laying points with this Bulls team, but they're at home. They've been pretty good at the United Center. I like the roster more than Toronto's right now. I'll lean to the Bulls minus six. Yeah, this Raptors team has been struggling on the road. Um, Pulling up the numbers here exactly. So over their last, since December 20, okay, if you want to even go back further, um, but one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So over the last 10 games, they are two and eight straight up. Um, They have been able to cover the spread, but they are giving up points on the road. So, they gave up 120 to the Celtics, 129 to the Pistons, 111 to the Grizzlies, and then 135 to the Kings, 118 to the Warriors, 132 to the Lakers, 126 to the Clippers, 145 to the Jazz, 126 and 126 to the Knicks and the Hawks. So, um, I, yeah, I think I like the Bulls in this spot. Even with obviously without Zach Levine, Kobe White, like we mentioned, has stepped up in a huge way. Um, in the first injury he had earlier in the season, I think that the Bulls will have success on the offensive side. Yeah, like you mentioned, Nikola Vucevic should have a big game here tonight as well. Um, so yeah, I'm with you on the Bulls here tonight. Uh, thoughts on the total here, Scott? I, I mean, Toronto doesn't guard anybody, but Chicago does. I guess I'm gonna lean to the under. I, I don't feel great about it. I mean, I don't know. The Bulls had a track meet game against the Lakers, uh, but two of the three meetings this season have gone under this number. Uh, the one that did go over went over by about two points. I think I'm going to lean under, but it's mostly because Toronto has had a hard time scoring with the exception of that Hawks game, but everyone can score against Atlanta. So I'll lean to the under in this game, but I don't feel great about it. Yeah, I think I'll just probably pay the, um, the Bulls team total over in this game. Um, I think that there's an opportunity that, like we mentioned, or like I mentioned, like the points that they're allowing on the road, um, I think there's enough for them offensively to put the ball in the basket, especially how bad this team has been on the road. Uh, the Raptors are 15 and 8 towards the over in their road games thus far this season, uh, and they have gone over in one, two, three, four, five, six out of the last seven road games where they're allowing, like I mentioned, uh, they're giving up 121.3 points per game. So I love the Bulls team total to go over in this game. Player props, what are you looking at? Well, Kobe White, I got to start off with. I'm still a little bit salty uh, that he went under the 10.5 RA against the Lakers that I gave mm-hmm. out because he had nine entering the fourth quarter, played every uh-huh. minute, and he finished with 10. He had one rebound and assist combined in the last 12 minutes, which just hurt. But I, he finished with 10 in that one. But I got to go back to Kobe White. We know how good he's been without... Uh, Levine in the lineup, and I can't really go against that. So, of course, I am tempted by Kobe White. His rebounds especially have been pretty good recently, so I don't mind that angle. Uh, based on recent form, Gary Trent has actually been struggling. 
Uh, his PRA is at 18 and a half. He's gone under in five straight, under in nine of 10. The line's just a bit high. We know Trent doesn't really do much for facilitating, doesn't really do much for rebounding. It's mostly three-point shooting. That's kind of the only yeah. thing he does on this team. So yeah. 18 and a half, I just think, is too high for Trent, especially based on recent form. Give me the under on his PRA. Barnes' PRA is a 38 and a half as well. And I said before, he's been kind of vanilla recently. Doesn't that feel too high as well? Like, I, I just think Barnes has been a guy who's usually around the low 30s. 38 and a half feels a bit high for what we think is going to be a lower score again. Yeah, I mean, I think for the Raptors, it's it's it, they only have Scotty Barnes listed as well uh, yeah. for his player props. Um, I'm sorry. Well, they I saw Brown stuff from Gary well. Trent. That was, that was basically Okay, it. okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, but... Yeah, I think you're right about Kobe White. I'd probably look at the obvious one of Vucevic rebounds in this game. That number's at 11 and a half. Um, you want DeRozan? Well, eh. 23 eh. against his former team, though, if you want to go for that angle. Yeah, but I don't think that... I feel like that ship has sailed. Like, I don't think he cares anymore. Um, That's a separate point of conversation to be had, which is how many times you have to face a team before you stop caring about the revenge angle uh, in, in this in these matchups. Like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, they faced off in the play-in last year. I feel like that was, like, the spot where you can get revenge on your other team. Like, right. they faced off, what, double-digit times already? He was in Toronto a long time ago. That was yeah. before San Antonio. Like, that was a long time ago. So he has faced off against them in 16 games since he got traded from Toronto to the San Antonio Spurs. DeRozan still has the Raptors game circled on the calendar like eight <laughs> years later. Like, no, I, 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 just don't, I just don't believe that. But you can argue like the over anyway because Toronto's not a good defensive team. Yeah. And maybe he's a good matchup. You know, uh, he has a good matchup against Toronto. But do I think that the revenge angle pans out in the spot probably not because of that because once again he's been on multiple teams since then and toronto has what nobody left from that title team like i don't think any of DeRozan's teammates are still in toronto so like i don't i, I don't think that that matters that much yeah um so vucevic rebounds is something i would look at and Going back to DeMar DeRozan point, like it's he's had so the last five games has been nine points, 13, 33, 19, and 24. So it, it hasn't been very consistent, uh, for him uh, as far as his points prop. Um, but like the first couple games when he was with Chicago, going back to uh Toronto, 26, 29, 28, 26. But after that, it's just he's like, all right, I think I, I've gotten my revenge enough, like I don't need to score anymore. So, um, yeah, Vucevic rebounds, I'm definitely going to be on. Um, Kobe White. His rebounds and assists has been adjusted to 11 and a half in this game. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it, man. I'm trying to see how Bruce Brown has done for this Raptors team. I forgot he was even on Toronto. That's how that's how much I've noticed Bruce Brown's impact on this team. He's going to get traded. That's another guy they're going to flip. But Yeah, he's had nine rebounds each in the last two games. Uh, but I think Jakob Hurdle has been upgraded to questionable in this game. So... If he doesn't go, maybe I'll look at his Bruce Brown's rebounds in this game. Uh, but I will be playing Nikola Vucevic over 11 and a half rebounds in this game for sure. Uh, anything else? No, not really. Uh, I see people in the chat talking about RJ and why he shoots too much and they should have let Scotty Barnes cook a bit more. You know, I'm one of the bigger anti-RJ guys, uh, either on basketball Twitter or just an overall podcast form. Yeah. I hated him when he was at Duke. 
Like, you're wondering, like, why is he doing this for Barnes? You got to remember, in college at Duke, he had Zion Williamson on his yeah. team. One yeah. of the best college players, one of the most dominant college players I've seen as a college basketball fan for a long time. And RJ thought it was his team. He single-handedly lost that tournament game to Michigan State. Like, I'm yeah. not shocked that RJ Barrett is not, you know, giving up shots and deferring to Scotty Barnes. He couldn't even give up shots to Zion Williamson in college. Like, I'm not shocked. This is who RJ is. That's why I was yeah. never a fan of his. So it's kind of par for the course. All right. Last game of the night here in the association. It is going to be the Philadelphia 76ers. They are headed to the Bay Area to take on the Golden State Warriors. Warriors currently sitting as a three and a half point favorite in this game with a total of 235 and a half. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams, Sixers did play last night. No Embiid last night. No Tyrese Maxey last night either. Um, not sure if they are going to play in this game or not. My guess would be Embiid does end up playing in this game. That's why maybe they held them out last night against the Blazers. Um, for the Golden State Warriors, the usual suspects are out. Moses Moody, Chris Paul, and Gary Payton the second are all out for this game. Scott, let's start with the side here. Warriors are having a couple days off after coming off of that double overtime loss against the Lakers, but now they are hosting the Philadelphia 76ers as a three and a half point home favorite. What are your thoughts on this game? Well, I am going to ask you a couple of things. First mm -hmm. of all, Embiid, you think is going to play? Yes. Is it weird that the Warriors are favored then? I know they're on a back-to-back, -back, but is, um, if you're assuming Embiid's playing, then why are the Warriors favored in this game? Because they're really uh, bad at home, so I don't know if home court even matters. Um, wouldn't you think the Warriors would be a little bit of a bigger favorite if Embiid wasn't playing here tonight? Or you I don't think know, they keep losing right. games. <laughs> they keep yeah. losing. Like, I, don't, I don't know. They're off a double overtime game, but unlike the Lakers, they had an extra day off. So that's yeah. going to definitely help them out. But I don't know. You can argue it should be more, it should be less. I, I have no idea. I just find the spread fascinating. But if Embiid was going to play... Philly's probably favored in this game, right? Probably. I would say it would probably be like minus one in favor of the Sixers. So I'm assuming he's not going to play. I think the line might be short because I think Maxi might play. I think that might be the difference. Maybe Maxi comes back and Embiid doesn't. It is okay. pretty alarming, though, that Embiid warms up for that Denver game. Whether he was ducking Denver or whether he just felt an injury or something wasn't right in the pregame warmups, the fact he missed the next game after doing warm-ups against the Nuggets pregame, I find pretty alarming. Like, it's one thing if you want to say that he was ducking okay, then he would have played against Portland last night. Like, if something's not right about that knee, and that's going to be my second question for you, I'm assuming we agree. Embiid's not getting there, right? He's not reaching uh, the for the threshold, yet. no. I don't think he's going to. And I don't I think, think he, he should. Can, he's only going to miss what? Or he can only miss... Hold on, let me I see. I think he's got six games left. I think it's like five or six, yeah, because me, me and think, uh, Terrell yeah. talked about it yesterday. Um, hold on, let me see. Because yeah, I think, uh, including last night, he's already missed 12 games, if I'm not mistaken. So he's played in 33, and the Sixers have played uh, 45. So he's already missed 12 games. So he only has yeah, yeah five more games that he can miss. Yeah, so the point is, I don't think he's going to get there either. And he shouldn't. He won the award last year. Philly's only going to be judged with the playoffs anyway. So yeah. I think that he probably is not going to reach the threshold. I just feel like people are expecting Embiid to play, and I don't know if he's going to. Like I, yeah. I just feel like it's a spot where they there's something – I don't want to say he needs surgery. I'm not going to go that far.
But the fact that this knee injury has been lingering for months, and I know that he dropped 70 on the Spurs. Like, I get yeah. it. He's still a great player when he's healthy. But that knee's been bothering him for months. Like I, And that's been bothering him for his entire for the last couple of years, which he's kind of played through. I don't think he's going to play in this game. If he does, I wonder how effective he's going to be. I don't really know, but I think I'm leaning Golden State. I don't feel great about it because I hate this Golden State team. The fact yeah. that Clay is still playing big minutes after Kerr said that he wouldn't about a month and a half ago. Like I think Clay's atrocious. I think that Draymond was great against the Lakers. He was phenomenal in that game. Curry at 46. People still complain about his lack of free throws. He also attempted 21 threes. So, you know, it's kind of uh, a mix of two. But still, I'm going to lean Golden State. I don't feel amazing about it. But if you get buried by Portland by about 30, and I don't know who's going to play for this team, I think I have to lean to Golden State. But I'm not going to play this. I agree with Luis here. I'm not playing this until I have some type of injury news. Like, I, yeah. I can't take this this far in advance. But the fact that Golden State is favored this early by a decent amount, by two possessions, tells me the even the odds makers are skeptical of Embiid's knee. So I'm going to lean to Golden State. Uh, Sixers on a back-to-back this season, two and two straight up, one and three against spread, four no towards the under. Uh, they're only averaging 105.8 points per game, and they're only giving up a 97 points per game as well. But I think if you just look at it from a rest, uh, excuse me, a rest advantage standpoint, like, it obviously favors the Warriors, even though the Warriors are coming off that double overtime game, but they still have two full days off in between those two games versus the Sixers like they played last night. I know Tobias Harris played last night, and maybe I think Maxi does go tonight uh, for this Warriors. T- sorry, that's for this, what I um, expect. I, th- I think that's yeah. why the line's short. I think I think Embiid might sit, but I think Maxi's going to play, if I had to guess. Yeah, so again, I, again, like you mentioned, what, what Luis said, that without any concrete information, if Embiid... Maxi or even Tobias Harris are playing in this game or not. I'm not sure I can I can get there either with this on the spread here at all. So I think that might be the same conversation with the total. I don't think the total will move that much um, right now as it stands at 235 and a half here, Scott. But do you have any thoughts on that? <laughs> I don't know who's playing. So yeah. no, I, I don't have any thoughts. I, I think I'd lean over, but I, I got nothing. Like, I, I don't know. Um, for the Warriors, I'll mention this uh, at home this season. They have been an over machine, 17 and 8 towards the over in Warriors home game, 68%. Uh, and they have cashed in five straight overs. Um, I think that Lakers game, they needed overtime for it to get over uh, the total, um, depending on the number that you did get. But. Um, yeah, like I mentioned, they are trending towards the over in Warriors home games this season. Player props, anything for the Warriors side, at least, that you may be looking at? Curry, I guess. I mean, I think Draymond is tempting with RA. I think that's very tempting because Draymond was fantastic against the Lakers. The plus minus was alarming for him mm-hmm. compared to everybody else. I think that Draymond in a game they lost was a plus 33. So that means they got outscored by 30 plus points in like the 10, 15 minutes he wasn't on the court for. I want to pull that up, but the plus minus was just insanely positive in favor of Draymond last game. And it should, because Draymond was great. We know Draymond's afraid to shoot the basketball, rightfully so, because he can't shoot. But I do like the RA for Draymond in this spot. He had 14 rebounds and 11 assists against the Lakers. He had 11 assists against the Kings. So maybe if you want to go for an assist angle on Draymond, I don't mind. Uh, For reference, by the way, in that Lakers game, 
Uh, he played 46 minutes out of a possible uh, 58. So mm -hmm. the Warriors lost by one. He was a plus 31, yeah. which means in the 12 minutes that Draymond was off the floor, they got outscored by 30 by about 32 points, 33 points. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Draymond's going to have to play a lot of minutes. Give me Draymond R.A. in this game. Uh, yeah, I can't argue against that. Um, that number's at 15 and a half uh, for Draymond in this Isn't that game. Isn't that 11 assists in two straight games? Yeah. Um, but it's also the fact, like, does it turn into another blowout if Embiid and or Maxi don't play in this game? Something similar to what we saw last night. So, I think that's where I kind of uh, where I'm kind of at. Like you mentioned, without information on who's playing and who's not playing in this game for both of these teams, or sorry for the Sixers. But let me see if there's any updated news before we get into our picks here for tonight. Nope, nothing yet. Philly waits uh, until game time, so we're not. Yeah, get more than likely. Yeah, yeah, more than likely for sure. All right, do you have anything else for this game? I wanted to quickly. I'm just kind of staying on Draymond for a second because I wanted to see his numbers against the Sixers in his career. Uh, I feel like if you want to go for props and you want to gamble, uh, Wiggins has been good lately. If you want to take that approach, I'm not going to take Clay. He could have a decent game, but uh, you know my thoughts on Clay. Uh, unless he's yeah. playing the Rockets, I'm going to pass. Uh, going through the last couple games though, for Draymond, uh, ten point seven rebounds, ten assists against the Sixers. Had a bad game the game prior to that. Uh, but usually he's around 10, 9, and 7, 8, 6, and 6, 6, and 9, and 6, 9, 9, and 12. Yeah, he's usually hovering around triple-double territory, but the points are never there. So I'll be on the RA. All right. All right, that's the last game on the schedule for the Tuesday night card. Let's get over to our lock and dog here for tonight, Scott, and then we'll put together our underdog fantasy entry here. Uh, you want to lead us off? Sure. Uh, so for my lock on the show, I think I am going to take the Knicks minus four. I know okay. it's a dicey spot. You could argue because both teams are on a back to back, but the Knicks are a bit more shorthanded. I just can't look past giving up 147 to the Nets. And you could argue maybe the Jazz are looking ahead. They're not good enough to look ahead. Like this team might not make the play in. They can't afford to let any games go by the wayside. And they lost that Nets game comfortably. Mm -hmm. The Knicks are just a freight train. I've said it before on the show, I think a week or two ago. I'm not going to fade the Knicks until they lose. Like They've been making me a ton of money. They cover every spread over the last week and change. They've earned my trust at this point. And the fact that Utah, despite being healthy, is a team that I still don't trust defensively. They're still really bad on the road. They're 9-18 and 18 on the road. The Knicks, every home game is a crazy atmosphere, and it should be because this team is watchable and it's actually good. So I'll take the Knicks. Minus four. That line just feels too short to me. I'm going to go with that. Draymond, I think, is going to be my dog. The question is, what do I want to take? Because I'm tempted by the assists, but I am wondering if I want to maybe go for an alt RA because he had 14 rebounds against the Lakers, and I think that that could be a spot where maybe he's in a line for a good game. Uh, I thought about Josh Hart rebounds as well, uh, but I don't think I'm going to go with that one. for Josh Hart. Yeah, it's a decent ladder spot. He got, uh, what was it, 12 yesterday, I think? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Draymond triple double for this game is around like nine to one. So they're expecting Draymond to have a monster game on the rebounds and the assists angle. So I think I'm going to go with that. But I am wondering if I want to go for an alt line if they have it. Uh, let me just see if I could find any type of alt line. 
I see 19 RA at plus 245. I think that I'm going to take. That mm-hmm. I'll gamble with. Give me Draymond over 19 and a half rebounds and assists at plus 245. When your plus minus is that good in your last game, you're, you're going to have to play a bunch of minutes. Like, Golden State's not capable of blowing anybody out, and I do think that he's still a main facilitator on this team. Golden State's very undersized, so he has to rebound. I'm going to give Draymond a good spot here. Give me Draymond over 19 and a half RA at plus 245. All right. <clears throat> All right. For my lock, uh, I am going to go with... Um, I think my favorite play was actually that Bulls team total over 116 and a half. Um, yeah, let's go with that. Bulls team total over 116 and a half as my lock. Um, over the last nine road games, the Toronto Raptors are allowing a hundred and twenty-seven. Uh, sorry, a hundred and let me go back to that screen. I just had it. Yeah, hundred and twenty-seven point six points per game on the road. Like I mentioned, that they also are a team that trends towards the over uh, uh, on the road as well, where they are fifteen and eight towards the over, giving up one hundred and twenty-one point three points per game. Um, so I'll lock up the Chicago Bulls team total over 116 and a half as my lock for my dog. Um, <clears throat> you don't like any sides for a dog? I feel like we're mostly leaning favorites today. Yeah, I think I it was know. all favorites here for us tonight. And again, I don't want to give out a Sixers pick that if not knowing who's playing in that game or not. Um, maybe if you want to look at Lakers early in the first half uh but Atlanta has been really good in the first half as well let me see if I can find a I mean if you want like an all team total maybe Atlanta if you think they score like 130 or something in that game yeah um unless you want Josh Hart rebounds you can't take the 10 plus rebounds if you want it yeah I think that's the way I'll probably go uh Josh Hart alt rebounds let's see what that's at where's Josh Hart I'll pull up the database. Uh, I see I, 10 plus at around 195. All right, let's do yeah, let's do that. Um, Josh Hart, 10 plus rebounds, plus 185 or plus 195? 195. Yeah, plus 195, close to 2-1 to one, uh, for Josh Hart to have double-digit rebounds here tonight for the New York Knicks. All right, so that is our lock and dog. For the Tuesday card, let's give out our underdog fantasy entry here for tonight. Scott, again, make sure to go to underdogfantasy.com. Make sure you use that promo code NBA SGP. And if you haven't already signed up for an account, I don't know what you're waiting for. Come support the network. Uh, support the show. Uh, we're in a competition with the other shows for being one of the better um, shows on the network with a lot of listeners and us not having that i'm calling you fans out so if you haven't already signed up with an account or if you already have an account maybe grab your significant others um on uncle brother sister whatever the case we dare you don't be cowards we dare you yeah first coward reference uh this season from i know Um, i've been i realized that as i was about to say it that i've been slacking on the coward references yeah so So nba sgpn you'll get a first deposit bonus of up to 100 dollars uh, if you use our promo code NBA SGPN. All right, uh, Scott, where do we want to start? You want to go heart rebounds? Sure. I know we're both going to co-sign that, so sure. Well, unfortunately, it's it. not listed because the only – oh, there we go. Uh, let's see. If, yeah, so eight rebounds is the number here on Underdog Fantasy. We'll go higher on that. Or 
Do you want to go first quarter rebounds one and a half higher? I don't have the details in front of me for Hart first quarter rebounds. I can pull that up quickly. Just give me a second. Let me just see how that's been going recently. Uh, first quarter rebounds for Hart. He's gone under, actually, in each of the last five games, seven of the last ten. So probably right. no. I'll link okay. the full game on that one. Uh, right. But I like the eight. Okay, so we'll go higher eight for Josh Hart. Where else do we want to go? I mentioned Draymond if you want to just do regular oh, RA. Yeah. Forgot about know. Draymond. Draymond RA is at 15 and a half in this game. Uh, sure. We'll go higher on that. And I don't see anything for the Sixers side. You want to go Vucevic rebounds 12 or his point? Well, we don't know if going to play. So Yeah, Kobe White. I'm trying to think of what you want to do. I mean, I don't know if they have any Hawks players. I don't know if they have any. I mean, do you want to consider Halliburton lower than for points? Because we don't know how many minutes he's going to play. Are there any angles you want for that one? So they have DeJounte Murray listed and Clint Capella listed for Atlanta only. They do have Anthony okay. Davis and LeBron listed. Let me see if they have Halley listed here. Halley is at 20 and a half points and 11 assists. Okay, so I'm going to ask, what do you prefer? Do you prefer Halley lower than for his points? Or do you prefer Scotty Barnes lower for his points? I think his are at 23 or 23 and a half. Barnes. Um, I think Halley. It's the minute restriction part that I think yeah. has him a little bit mispriced. So I agree yeah. with you. All right. So let's go lower on uh, Tyrese Halliburton's points here of 20 and a half. All right. So that's going to be our entry here for tonight. We'll go Josh Hart, higher eight rebounds. Draymond Green, 15 and a half rebounds and assists, higher. And then we'll go Tyrese Halliburton, lower than 20 and a half points. That uh, $20 entry will get you a return of $120 on underdogfantasy.com. But make sure you use that promo code NBA SGPN. First deposit bonus of up to $100. And again, 15% off of everything in the merch store as well. But make sure you use that promo code playoffs. And if you do buy anything in the merch store, uh, whether it's NBA gambling podcast related or anything that you did listen to on the show, send a screenshot, tweet it at us, slide into our DMs, send us a screenshot. We'll shout you guys out on the show uh, in a... Um, uh, maybe we'll try to hook you guys up with some other stuff as well. All right, Scott, that is going to do it, my friend, for this Tuesday episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast. Anything else you want to mention before we get out of here? No, not really. I'll be back once again tomorrow and Thursday and Friday. So I'll be here for the rest of the week. Uh, besides that, though, keep an eye out for tennis. Should be having a couple episodes over the next few days. Not today, though, but a couple days from now. And NFL... Uh, can't wait to break down the Pro Bowl with you. No, I'm joking. Uh, we're taking. I don't know what the schedule is for the NFL, but yeah, Super Bowl is in about two weeks, so we got some time. Uh, how did uh, Australian Open turn out for you? Fine, can't complain. I I gave out Sinner to win the tournament at plus six fifty, so that worked out go. well. Uh, so the actual lock and dog picks recently have been a bit hit or miss. A couple of bad breaks happens. It is what it is. Uh, yeah. but yeah, overall the tournament outrights have been good. So hopefully it stays that way. Yep. There we go. All right. Make sure to. Check out Scott on the Tennis Gambling Podcast as well. And him and Terrell will be back tomorrow, same place, same time for the NBA Gambling Podcast. If you haven't already subscribed to the NBA Gambling Podcast uh, YouTube channel, please go ahead and do so. And leave us a, give us a, a like on the live stream here before you guys get out of here. Um, and then we'll talk to you guys as usual later uh, throughout this week. Till then, good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Ba -da -ba 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 Give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna